Welcome back to another episode of Capes and Tights, a comic book and pop culture podcast. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. Guys, I know we're all fans of Adam here. Adam having more technical difficulties. Long, let me just get into it a little bit here for us. So Adam and I have been starting this podcast. We're now uh, almost 50 episodes in for this iteration of the podcast. We podcasted before on a podcast called The Main State of Mind. Now we split off and now we did Capes and Tights, a comic book and pop culture podcast. However, in the meantime, in this transition, we started the studio, then the pandemic hit and so on and so forth. Adam has now also moved to Illinois. We were based in Maine. Now he's halfway across the country. So things are all remote, which is fine. Adam has been living with his in-laws recently and hasn't moved into his new place yet. And that is happening this week. Because of that, internet has been spotty at his in-laws house and the new internet just be set up at his new place happens this week as well. So next week we can record a podcast together once again. So once we get, I, we can't wait. We need to talk Morbius between now and the time that we do this again. So we're going to talk Morbius today solo. I'm going to ramble on. You guys are going to get annoyed with my voice and my musings. Uh, but for now, this is what's going to happen today. But to get next week's episode, when Adam and I talk again, uh, to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Capes and Tights Podcast, on Twitter at Capes Tights Pod capesandtights.com, and obviously Apple, Spotify, and all your major podcasting platforms. So let's get into Morbius. Let's talk Morbius. Not that I want to, but we're going to talk Morbius. And maybe Adam can give us a little bit of a filler in when we talk next about his reactions to the movie Morbius. So Morbius is one of those Sony films that is in the Sony, whatever the hell you want to call it, cinematic Spider-Man universe BS, because they haven't been that good. Uh, let's be honest, they're not up to the par of MCU and what we're used to for Marvel movies. Uh, it's just, it's a, I don't know. They just don't know what they're doing over there. But so Morbius released April 1st, 2022 uh, to the theaters around the world. It's a funny thing because it was originally set to be released July 10th, 2020. And then it moved three weeks later to July 31st, 2020. And then because of the pandemic. And then Morbius was once again delayed to March 19th of 2021, then October 8th of 2021, and then January 21st of 2022, before moving one week later to January 28th. It was then again <laughs> really delayed until April 2022 date. So this movie was supposed to come out almost two years ago, and now we are finally out April 1st, 2022, and came out digitally May 17th, 2022. That's something we usually do here on the podcast. Adam and I do go see the movies in the theater sometimes ahead of the uh, at the beginning of the theater release, but we also like to relate, wait till they actually hit release on digital, get another viewing, a viewing in our own homes, a viewing where we can pause, rewind, look at different things, as well as let all of you out there get a chance to go see it in the theater and potentially watch it digitally before you listen to our recap review and discussion of these movies. So that's why we're doing this now. We were supposed to do it a couple of weeks ago. Other things happen digitally or um, scheduling conflicts and so on. So finally, now we are here the week of June 7th, trying to talk about this movie a few weeks after it came out, which is fine, giving you guys more opportunity to watch it. I've now watched it two times, sadly. The budget on the movie was 75 to $83 million. It brought in $163.3 million as of the recording of this podcast. Here's the deal. That's obviously not a bad return on investment for a movie. You make an $80 million movie, you double it with $163 million, you're happy, 
you're probably going to get a second movie out of this out of this success of this movie. 163 million dollars is nothing to shake a stick at. However, in the scheme of comic book movies, in the scheme of Marvel movies, 163 million dollars is nothing. So this movie did not do well in the box office. It bombed in comparison to other Marvel movies. It's is it the delay of the movies? Is it the reviews of the movies that came out prior to its release? The not wanting it to be good, the uh, not being part of the MCU. What is it that caused it to get 163 million dollar box office? Can you know, remains to be seen. However, again, it made movie money from uh, Sony. It was not a good box office success for a comic book or a Marvel movie in general. Ran 104 minutes, not a bad timing. Again, I, I don't have a problem with 104 minutes. It probably should have gone closer to the 120 minutes, 122, 23 minutes, because I feel like there was a lot missing from this movie. IMDb, uh, as a recording of this movie, it was a 5.1. Uh, little notes that, oh, yeah, 5.1. Hold on, let me just make sure I had that correct here. Uh, I made these notes a little while ago since we were supposed to do this podcast a little while ago. And luckily, we have the internets at our. Uh, disposal here to get this going. Morbius. Yeah, I have internet working here, whereas Adam does not. 5.2. So it's a 5.2, uh, which is pretty crazy to think about for a, a Marvel movie being that low on it. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes was a 17% critic rating and a 71% audience rating. I'm also going to look that back up again. Again, this was notes I took uh, a few a few weeks ago, and I just want to make sure we had the most current information here. 1771. Good. Same. Directed by Daniel Espinosa, who did the movie Life in Safe House. I like Safe House a lot. We actually have Life on my wife and I's watch list. Written by uh, Matt Sazma, Sazma Burke Sharpless, who also wrote Power Rangers and is set to write the future of Madam Web in the Sony Spider-Man universe. Produced by Avi Arad, Matt Tolmack, and Lucas Foster. Music by John Strand, who did Life in Slaughterhouse Rules. Starring Jared Leto, Matt Smith, Adria Aronia, uh, Jared Harris, Al Madrigal, and Tyrese Gibson. So let's get into it. Let's talk about this. Personally, I liked Jared Leto being cast at do- as Dr. Michael Morbius. I have no problem with Jared Leto. Don't have a real big problem with Jared Leto playing Joker in the DCEU. I liked it. It just... Let's get down to business here. It was not a good movie. There were so many things that I wanted them to do with it. So many things that I think they could have gone ways. Some of the things that they did that were just like confusing to me. And so, again, I Adam and I have talked in the past about movies. We talked about Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Man movies, the Batman movies. The big thing about going into a non-traditional movie about an origin story that let's talk about this character. Let's flash back a little bit to show how they got to that point in their lives, how they got their powers, how they got their, their special abilities, all that stuff. Obviously, this is a little bit different because Michael Morbius went from being a disabled person with a, a chronic illness to a bat-loving, bat-drinking vampire, a living vampire character. However, they could have done that small at the beginning and then move forward. It seemed like it just drew out the whole thing him and the eating the blood and so on and so forth. There was less about him uh, fighting and, and being that person and more fighting in being the change from his more normal self to what he is now. So again, it, 
it's too, it was too cookie cutter. It was too like, this is how an origin story is. And I don't like that anymore with movies. I think we need to go right back into here's the character. Here's them fighting crime. Here's them doing good things or bad things. This is how they got to where they were. That's how I hope Fantastic Four is. Uh, when they do eventually do that, that's all I hope a lot of these new character movies, are, I hope Madam Webb's like that. It's not going to be. Guaranteed you, Sony's going to do a traditional origin story for Madam Webb. We don't even know why we're getting a Madam Webb movie, obviously. Rambling again. This movie is based in the Sony Cinematic Universe, or Sony Spider-Man Universe, I should say, which is still, we don't know <laughs> why or how this connects to the MCU, because obviously you got Spider-Man, you got Venom, all these different back and forth teases on things. Um, Michael Keaton uh, showing up in the post credit scene, not in the actual movie, which we kind of figured would happen since the trailer had a minute. Uh, but there were references to other Marvel things without specifically saying this. They did mention Venom once, so that's what another thing connects the movies together with the Venom universe. But at the beginning of the movie, they talk, uh, Michael Morbius is in this hospital and he has, he's talking about his, his, his illness or his disease he has. That is, uh, he obviously gets blood transfusions multiple times a day. He, the doctor there mentions the School for the Gifted in New York. Is that alluding to Professor X and Xavier's School for the Gifted Youngsters? We don't know. This is in the SSU. Technically, X-Men is going to be in the MCU and has been in the you know Fox Marvel Universe. Again, they didn't say Professor X. They didn't say anything along those lines. They definitely said School for Gifted Children in New York, which obviously, as comic book fans we know, could mean Professor X and Xavier's School for the Gifted in New York. Speaking of the Doctor... As we get to that character, the doctor that helps Michael Morbius and his friend Milo in the beginning of the movie is also the doctor that helps Milo when he gets older. He's been with him his entire life. It's a cool little story connection there, but he looks the same age. How is it that this kid, kid who's 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, then when he's 30 or 40 years old, has a doctor that's the same doctor that looks exactly the same, maybe a little bit grayer hair, but basically is the same person. Again, plot hole problem I have with this movie. Shot well. I think the movie was shot very, 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 very well. Uh, I, there's other people online who say difference on that. I think the camera angles are great. The cinematography was great. It was dark, but I feel like it needed to be dark for Michael Morris. He's a vampire, obviously a living vampire, but he needs that in it. Not unlike what I've liked about the DC or hated about the DCEU, which everything is dark. This needed to be dark in my opinion. So I'm glad about that. Shot very well. Uh, locked a lot of other, lacked a lot of other stuff, but was shot well. One thing I didn't like special effects wise, when you see his face turn into Morbius, I do like that and, and Milo the same way. However, what's with the mist around him? He doesn't need a mist around him. It's insane. I, I don't understand why they did that. Again, another, another thing I had a problem with is this. We drink some coffee. Morbius doesn't seem to be bothered by his abilities. Like he doesn't seem that it's, it was a surprise to him. It almost was like, oh, look at this, cool. And then he just lives with it. I feel like there was less on the, oh my gosh, what the heck happened? What went wrong? Because there's a gap in the storyline. And I want to talk about that gap. So I listen to on a regular basis. They come out with mostly every week. Uh, Mark Bernard and, and Kevin Smith have a podcast called Fat Man Beyond. It used to be called Fat Man on Batman. They talk pop culture things, they review movies and so on. Mark Bernardin happens to be a very, very critical to a lot of things. And a lot of times us as fans get annoyed by that, but it happens. 
he does it. That's who he is. So on the Batman Beyond or Fat Man Beyond, I should say, podcast, he said, I think he said it best. Back in the day when Fanks and Notra used to film uh, movies, Ocean's Eleven and so on, he also used to perform playing at places like the Sands or whatever the night before. He'd play at the Sands. He'd show up the next morning to the studio to record a movie at 11 a.m. They'd shoot a couple scenes. He'd go back to bed, sleep for a little bit, then go back out to the Sands, play that night, so on and so forth. Well, at one point during this, the, the story is at one point during those movies, the director would walk up to, to uh, Sinatra and say, hey, man, we're 15 pages behind on the script. We really need you guys to show up on time tomorrow. Let's nail some scenes out. Sinatra would then grab the script, rip the 15 pages out of the book and say, hey, look at that. We're caught back up. So those movies never really made sense. They were just done and completed and, and put out. This is what Morbius is kind of like. There was places where you're like, oh, that's a really good. How did they get there? How did that happen? We could see where the characters were going. We can see the characters, why the characters were there, but they just were all bad. And so had the building blocks of a decent movie, but it wasn't. And that's where I believe that Mark Bernard has been the most correct on any of his things there. Big, big, big thing. Why did we need Tyrese in this movie? I do not like Tyrese as an actor. I did not bring anything to the movie. He has a robotic arm at the end of the movie that we know nothing about. Who and why Tyrese existed as a character in this movie, why we couldn't have gotten anybody else to play the police officer or the detective doesn't make sense to me. Tyrese does not be like, oh, guys, Tyrese is in this movie. Let's go see this movie. It does not need to happen. Tyrese does not need to exist in this movie, and yet he is in this movie. Oh, I'm rambling on here because I'm trying to get my notes. Back when I talked about school, for the gifted in New York, he also says, I'm starting to get hungry and you don't want to see me when I get hungry. Reference to Hulk. You don't like when, you don't want to see me when I'm angry. This is a poll and a homage or whatever you want to call it to connect something and statement to remind you that it's a comic book movie in the Marvel world, but it doesn't exist in the MCU. So again, really confusing on that aspect. He does say when, they, when he breaks into this, this the, the, the the, the I can't see it. I can't think of it. Um, but they're printing the money and says, I am Venom. Kind of a Batman poll with I am Batman, but saying Venom, but doesn't actually correct himself that he is not Venom. So these people are like, who is this guy? Again, rambling here, trying to get all my feelings out on the air here, recording this podcast without Adam to kind of back me up on these things. It just struck me as a really bad movie. I had to watch it twice, people, because I watched it once with my wife. And then I thought, let's watch it as we get closer to this. So I finished it up this morning. I don't think I'll be watching the movie anytime soon again. I, 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 Jared Leto, I love Jared Leto. I think he was great. The guy who played Milo, uh, Matt Smith, was awesome. I think he was great. I think uh, the doctor, uh, what's her name? Ad, uh, Adria, she was amazing. I think there's great people in this movie. Al Madrigal was good. There's some great people in this movie. There's a, there's a building blocks for a great movie. They just couldn't execute that on screen. Uh, I do say what I will give it credit for. This movie was trying to be released two years ago. And you're telling me when, from when it was supposed to be released uh, in July of 2020 to when it was actually released in April of 2022, that they didn't touch the movie that no editors went in there, that no one went in there and changed some things and added special effects and so on. When something, until the second it's released out to the theaters, someone is touching that movie. And that could be the fault of this movie. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt on that. 
but I doubt that's the real reason why the movie sucks. Because the movie sucks because Sony needs to get their heads out of their asses and sell their rights back, back to Marvel of Sony and Spider-Man's universe and get a cut of that. Swap the things out here where Marvel gets the cut of the Sony part and Sony gets the bulk. Switch that around. You know, let Marvel have the rights to make these movies and you get a cut of the percentage of it because you had the rights. Now we're going back to them. If the movies continue to make $163 million in the box office, Sony is not going to be happy. It's not like when Marvel has control over this and Spider-Man over Spider-Man No Way Home made it billions of dollars in the theater. All three of them made a great amount of money. This, the best Spider-Man movies it Sony's ever had a finger on. This is a problem. So putting it back down and boiling it back down to the end, the movie's not good. I don't like the movie. I do not think I'll watch it again. I do not see how it connects to anything else. I do not see what they were doing, what their options and plans were to make this movie. It, it's just not good. So you guys can check it out and watch it yourself and figure all things. I'll get Adam's feedback on it when we can actually talk on the air again. I just don't think it was good. So um, post-credit scenes. They teased in the trailer that Michael Keaton was going to be in this movie and he only showed up in the post-credit scene. Don't understand it. Doesn't really make any sense. It sucks because this movie's so bad, in my opinion, that I like Morbius as a character. So I really hope that they get an, another opportunity. And I really like the idea of, of Jared Leto playing Morbius. So I really hope that they give him another opportunity somewhere down the line, maybe in the MCU if that happens or, or whatever. Fun facts about this movie are that it had made several attempts to bring Morbius to the screen, including in the 1998 uh, Blade franchise in a solo film, uh, but then never ever came to fruition. Obviously, maybe this one shouldn't come to fruition either. They re-released the movie in the theaters after the meme and the social media campaign for It's Morbin Time this past weekend, and it only made $85,000 more. Again, second, this might be the only movie to, to re-release in the theater have two bombs the first time and the second time in the theater. What can we expect for the future of the SSU, the Sony Spider-Man universe? Craven the Hunter in 2023, Madam Web in 2023, El Muerto in 2024, and an untitled third Venom movie is on the docket. Will they all be made? We don't know. We're looking forward to see what happens and see if they can bring this back, but I don't think they can. Sony, figure this out because they're not making good Marvel comic book movies. That's it, guys. That's me rambling and ranting about how bad this movie is for a good number of minutes here. Uh, check out every Tuesday. We have a podcast hitting the internet waves. We have a couple cool guests coming up. We have some guests recently come up. Uh, please check out all of our podcasts at capesandtights.com. Hopefully, Adam will be back next week. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all those things. And uh, I guess it's Morbin time. Thanks, everybody.